And good morning, and a little photograph from Def Leppard bringing you into this Thursday. And yesterday, if you're in part of our newsletters that we send out, I sent a note out to all of you about the uh, track being really dead inside, and we were right yesterday. Um, and and that stuff like that is invaluable for the horse player and and that's something to keep a note on uh, as you go on that Wednesday April 10th was an outside track because and here's why on Monday we had a lot of rain and we had also the two-year-old in training breeze sale what happened was with the two-year-olds digging up the ground, water seeps into the lower than any other part of the track because the first two lanes is what they were using, most of them. So when on Wednesday morning before training, they cut it up, there was more moisture on the bottom, it rises, track is dead on the inside, outside is better. That's the, why, that's the way it works. And that's why we do what we do when we look at tracks. In the morning, uh, over the years, I've sat there and watched a horse, two, three horses train in one morning over the track when I get there, and I can tell the track's different. Something's different. It's not the same track I saw the other day or Friday or Saturday. So that's what makes us... That's what allows us to understand what's under their feet. If you cannot understand what that track is, you do not have any success. So I hope some of you listen. Uh, for example, in the last race, fifth title from the one hole came around five wide to win. Now this morning, completely different. This morning, it was very, it's very fast so far. I mean, we've only had one break. But I, I've had um, a number of horses. I had a 47 and 1 was the first work I had. Went 11 and 4, 47 and 1. 47 and 4. <coughs> Gate team went 46 and 1, 46 and 2. I had a Mike Maker go 34 4 out of the gate. So the, the speed of the track, inside especially, has sped up and caught up with the outside part of the track. That's why I don't listen to when people scream out on social media about the rail being no good. They do not know what they are talking about. They have no clue what that track is. And because a horse backs up on the inside, oh, the track's no good on the inside. Listen, if I thing I'll teach you is don't listen to those buffoons on social media. Especially the ones that try to tell you they know something. Hopefully that you're not pointing the finger at me. However, if you are, get off this podcast. I really don't care for you to listen. But if you are sitting and nodding in agreement, I love you. Just a little bit of a, it's a little fun here for you. But, for example, I'm sitting here clocking here at Keeneland. I'm down in section N as a Nancy. Um, and um, you're always welcome to stop by and say hello. But don't expect me to do you a seminar on who's going to win today, especially during training hours, that's not how it works. Uh, 
So, Nick's go went this morning. He's going to run into Lexington this weekend. And I got to tell you, I stopped, uh, I stopped um, Ben Colebrook and I spoke to him. And he said he was not happy. He was, he, he was forced to really run the horse down at Tampa. He did not like him at all going in there. So that's something that you might want to write down. That the trainer didn't want to run. He wasn't doing great down there. I saw him gallop this morning. He looked fantastic. He loves it here. It's his home cooking. He's perked up. And horses, some horses just don't handle Florida. I can tell you, some fillies don't handle Florida. Look at Jaywalk. My Miss Locust Point. Feedback. You know, they just don't handle Florida. So keep that in mind. You know, when, 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 when you're playing, that's just some horses run bad because they just don't like those surfaces. I can tell you, Tampa's a deep, sandy surface that may not be to Nick's go liking or preference or the way he moves he doesn't handle that kind of track he struggles over it and that's another point horses can handle a certain track but can't handle another that doesn't mean they're not any good it's just they don't have that footy if you're a tennis buff about clay to the the grass big difference so we've covered a lot of subject and including me being a smart aleck which, what's new? Um, so, recapping. Wednesday, April 10th, track was dead towards the inside. Thursday, April 11th, track is back to normal. Make that note. Don't forget. Pop quiz later. Um, I want to talk to you about a little bit about auctions and a little bit about what we do. And in the auctions... I was at the sale on Tuesday, and I liked the horse that I thought had some talent. It was a Union Rags from Katie Rich Farms, 146. I can't compete with some of those other big-time horses, the 131, the, the, 130, the 130, you know, the 136. You know, you just can't compete with that kind of money. However, I went and looked at him. I looked at that Tappet full to Bourbon War. She's incorrect confirmationally incorrect as he was through the left knee. I, for a million two, good luck. Talk to me, and, and, and don't write me if the horse breaks its maiden, because there's still a million dollars in the hole if the horse breaks its maiden. Now, she has residual value because of Berman War, FYI. I looked at, uh, I believe it was 136. Wait, no, 131. No, I'm sorry. You're right. I'm right. 136 it was the first horse to breeze over the track and went 10, 20, and 4, 33, 1, 47, 4. I loved him as an individual. Be good looking Bodemeister. But the thing that struck me, he was, is how long his pasterns are. Now, the pasterns is the bone that's between the connection between the foot and the ankle. And it's almost like a, a fulcrum where you put a lot of pressure on that. And if there's a lot of, if there's a long pastern, there's a lot of give into that. And you've seen pictures with the horses with their fetlock joint, their ankle all the way down into the ground at an odd angle. The longer those pasterns are, the more chances you have of creating some damage to your suspensory apparatus, to your tendon area, so on and so forth. 
In America, we have bred horses to have short cannon bones, which is the bone between the knee and the ankle, and short pasterns. Those promote speed. But if you have a longer cannon bone or a longer pastern, those are kind of known to be turf horses. European horses have that longer cannon bone in that front leg. Now, I love a long cannon bone behind. I love that. I love that, that, that look to them when they have that, that big cannon bone back there because what happens, it elongates their stride. American Pharaoh had it. I find myself buying a lot of horses that are higher hock set than lower hock set. I hate lower hock set. I don't think it promotes a big stride. So I look for, I, so, so I went and looked at, the, at some of the horses I thought could be yeah, bargains. It could, they might go for 25, 30, 35 if they were sound enough. I found 146. I like this body. However, he was a mess veterinarian wise. Best $150 I ever spent. He had issues in every ankle. Um, his sesamoids were a mess up front. This horse is, they've got a very, very unlikely chance to make it. So when you, when we go buy horses, we just don't say, oh, wow, he breathes good. No, we go and take a look at them physically and how will that affect their training? How are they built? Do they move well? If you've gone on my Twitter feed, you can see a, a, a video of the Tappet filly that went for 1.2 million. And do me a favor, play that over and over again. And then send me a private message and say, Bruno, I don't see anything. Or, Bruno, I see what you're saying. The way that horse walked through that left side. That bothers me. I have watched horses over and over again. And I make them walk 10, 12, 15 times just to get a handle on what I'm seeing. And you walk a horse long enough, you start seeing it. What am I seeing? Why? I had a filly, a mineshaft filly that I liked as a, as a, as a weanling. Uh, at Keeneland November a couple years ago. Kept watching her, and I loved her body, I loved her look, but something on the left front was, was gnawing at me. What was it? What was it? I had to vet it out. And my vet comes back and says, she's got some vascular channels developing through the left front, but I pass her, I didn't see any damage there. Well, vascular channels are when there is some sort of trauma, there is some sort of issue or stress to a young horse's bone that the body rushes blood to that area. So it creates vascular channels into that, and it was in her fetlock joint. And that not at me too because I mean my vet said it was okay she didn't see any damage but there was stress on that left front ankle having stress on that left front ankle means there's something about her that she's showing stress already in just walking so I went ahead and, and I looked at her again and I just passed on her and and that's some of the little things you just don't have to listen to the vet to tell you yes or no Hear what he says to you. And what, at vet, and what Doc said to me is that the vascular channels were developing and all it did was alert me that there's stress in that area and I may not want to go there. So those are the little things that we do when we look at horses that I do. 
you know, and I've had really good teachers. Rudy Del Judas is a fantastic teacher. Jack Haynes, way back in my initial kindergarten era in the game, was a fantastic uh, teacher. Um, so was Michael Mollica of Breeze Easy LLC. Baffert taught me a lot. I learned a lot from a lot of different guys. John Brocklebank, the consigner for BC3. I've learned a lot from guys. So I am all in and watching a horse move and, 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 and then seeing what's inside of them and seeing what and correlating into what I'm watching during the, during the walk. So when I talk about racing with Bruno Bloodstock, we're not just sitting here looking out of work saying, oh, that horse worked good, I got to buy it. it. It's so much more, it, there's so much inside baseball to that. And, 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 and then you, you've got you've to gotta know when you're going to go buy a horse what you can live with and what you want to live with, just like a relationship. Because when you're buying a horse, it's a relationship. Can you live with this? Yes. Can I live with this? No. Pass on it. Next horse. So many people like a horse and then want to make a case around it. I make a case for a horse, and then if I like it, I'll buy it. So it's a little bit about the bloodstock part. Now, as far as the auctions are concerned, I see people looking at prices. Ooh, that horse went $375,000. Well, it's a tappet, and it was in, in the time when that horse was folded, stud fee was 300000 Basically, the people that owned that horse just about, who bought, who bred that horse just about broke even. Think about it. If you buy a car for three hundred thousand, and you sell that car for three twenty-five, how much money have you made? Probably, with all in investments and even if you made payments and this and that, you didn't make any money. And you have to understand what the stud fee is and what that horse is worth because of the stud fee and the time that you've had. If you had a horse three years, needs a three-year-old and he hasn't started, and you put $300,000 for a stud fee, now you're talking you got nine hundred, you got 90000 probably in the horse and expenses. You're talking $390,000. How much you have to earn to, to, be, to, to, to get that back on a $1.2 million horse? How much you got to win? What do you got to do for that filly to, 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 to bring back that money? You know, so auctions, you know, for example, maximum security, $5,000 stud. $5,000 stud, ran first time out for 16000 That's three times the stud fee. A lot of people say, well, why do you run them for sixteen? Well, the stud was five grand. If you buy a horse for 3000 how about that mean Sophia that won first time out here on opening day? They turned down 240. Seriously, you bought the horse for 3.7 to $3,000. You got probably 30,000 in her, and you probably broke even with the purse money the other day. And you're not going to sell for 200. You, I'd love to talk to you about the auctions. I'd love for you to come and see us at the auctions. I like to buy low and sell high. That's how you make money in this game, not buying $300,000 horses. 
because those horses, you can buy five $50,000, six $50,000 horses. And I'll guarantee you one or two of them are going to be good. They'll be all right. They'll pay their way. To me, it, 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 the money, and also from a bloodstock agent point of view, why would you, need, why would you go buy a $30,000 horse and make 1500 commission when you can buy a $300,000 horse and, buy, and get 15000 commission? Think about it. Well, I wanted to give you some insights. I wanted to talk to you about the track. I wanted to give you some insights on the auctions. I got a good card today. At, at you know, the, the next few cards here at Keeneland are fantastic. We got good cards at Oaklawn. We got them all at RacingWithBruno.com. I'm offering 30% off on all subscriptions. That's going to end soon. I want to get everybody signed up and on board so as we go into the Derby, I don't get last-minute requests that it makes it tough on me because I've got a lot of work coming up. Get your subscription, 30% off on all subscriptions. Go to RacingBruno.com, put your promo code KEENLAND, and get 30% off on all subscriptions, packages, all-inclusive access. They're worth the money, folks. You get all the access, and you get it at a discount price. I hope you had a, enjoyed listening to me, and you have a wonderful Thursday.